Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the soul. And before we get started, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, the founder of the of Lucis Trust. And Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from Alice Bailey. The great need at this time is for experts in the life of the soul and for a group of men and women who, Undertaking the great experiment and transition, add their testimony to the truth of the statements of the mystics and seekers of the ages. The writings of Alice Bailey speak of the group soul. What does that mean? That's a fascinating concept that might strike some of our listeners as a a novel idea to... um, think back to our earlier programs on the soul, we've talked about how the soul is awareness, it's consciousness really, and that consciousness is the capacity to respond sensitively to the world around one, to be aware of the larger environment, and through that to recognize our group affiliations, our relationship to the other beings that share the planet with us. I suppose the the first uh, experience of the soul as the group soul is the uh, family unit. We Most of us are born into a family and our first relationships are to our blood relatives and uh, later on to our larger circle of social friends, to Uh, the group of people we're affiliated with through interests and through circumstance. Then we become aware of our national identity. But the goal in the future, Alice Bailey said, is to become 
aware of the family of man, the whole of the one humanity, to see that as the collective expression of the soul. That's the true uh, group soul, humanity. And of course the soul on its own level of being, on its own level of awareness and where it has its uh, point of origination, uh, that soul is group conscious. Uh, It is already uh, well aware of the group that it is a part of. And the group is not this necessarily this physical group which or the family group, but... uh, uh, it is a larger, more spiritual group of the, one of the uh, seven ray groups or uh, uh, a more subjective group than that. So it's uh, it's a little kind of difficult concept to kind of hang on, get a hold of, I think. But um, group consciousness is it's, it's kind of the next step ahead for humanity, for all of us to kind of grasp. Especially, I think it's difficult now in these times when the individuality mm. is so lauded, so uh, emphasized, so fostered. It's all about me. That's the present uh, drive of uh, the modern society. And it's also, I think, a deeply American trait, this emphasis on individuality, the freedom of the individual, the opportunity for the individual, the myth of Horatio Alger. And uh, in many respects, that's a good thing because it fosters individual creativity and the idea that each person has an open future and that with hard work and uh, striving and aspiration, he will fulfill himself. But... It has its limitations, too. Uh, recently, Dale and I attended a, an ex- exhibition celebrating the 150th anniversary of Leaves of Grass, Walt Whitman's magnus opus mm-hmm. at the Library of Congress. And he was a wonderful poet. One of his masterworks is Song of Myself. I celebrate myself. I sing myself. That's so, so me so me, mine, so all about me. And uh, yes, the soul is present in the individual, but we're so locked into thinking that uh, the soul is the sense of individuality, of uniqueness, and that it's linked to a body which is inevitably single and separate from other bodies. The physicality of being a human being in a body is, I think, one of the reasons it's so difficult to think of the soul as being group conscious, because most of us are acutely aware of being independent units, separate from all the other six billion units on the planet, and many of us striving and suffering to break down that sense of isolation and loneliness. How come we don't have more of a sense of what is, as you say, absolutely obvious to the soul, that the group is the identity. Well, it, it's yeah, it's a stage we have to work through. I mean, this individuality, this individual focus that uh, so many people have, that we all have. It's a stage we have to work through. But also today and for quite a while now, we've been working with groups of individuals. We've been part of not only the family group, but we're part of a student group or part of a, a working group in, at our business place. 
So even groups not composed of individuals. Right. But we still see these groups as individuals, a, a group of a individuals, collection, yeah. a collection of individuals. And But if we think more closely about it, this group activity that we're involved in, whatever it is, maybe it's a union, uh, you know, a labor union, or maybe it's um, <coughs> a, a religious group of some kind, or a scientific group, or an artistic group of people we're working with. There is a kind of group soul that begins to emerge when people can begin to work uh, together as one, as one group, and they can begin to let go of their own individuality. Doesn't that take a, a goal, a common goal, that they're all in unison striving toward? Sure. It takes a, a focus that, whatever the focus of the, of the group is, let's say it's an artistic group, uh, they're, they're, they're so concentrated on expressing whatever it is, whether it's a play or, or an orchestra, you know, that's playing a piece of music, they lose their sense of individuality into the larger whole <laughs> in order to express whatever it is that is coming through them. Maybe rather than saying they lose their sense of individuality, we could say they transcend. Mm -hmm. They transcend it. They are lifted above it. And when that happens, it's a really marvelous experience. Yes, I think uh, it's, it's well, from my own experience, it's like singing in a choir or a big chorus, and you're, you can't stand out in a situation like that. You can't have your voice ringing louder than anybody else. You have to blend. You have to become one with every other singer in the, in the group, and you have to sound as one voice, and, and that's very good for <laughs> uh, the losing. <laughs> yeah, it's good for the ego. It's good for losing your sense of um, I, small identity, the egoic identity, because you, you are forced to um, cooperate and, and to share and to become one as one and singing forth as one voice. Another aspect to this difficulty of um, understanding the soul as group consciousness in these uh, strongly individual times is that many spiritual seekers at a particular stage of the way have left behind the aspiration for a teacher or a guru or for an orthodox uh, spiritual or religious system. They want to be free of the confines of orthodoxy, of doctrine, of uh, being under the tutelage of a particular individual, so that that aspiration for spiritual freedom can make them rebel at any kind of authority. And yet, interestingly, the soul, from its view, is aware not of freedom, but of responsibility and obedience and obligation. Because the fact that the soul is group conscious means that it's aware of relationships, and inevitably it's aware of responsibilities and of its contribution that it must make to the greater good of the group with which it's affiliated or for a truly liberated soul to the whole. It's, it sees its, its contribution, its, uh, 
its responsibility in the context of the complete whole. So this sense of um, of freedom and of rebellion against authority is a, is a peculiar attribute of spiritual development that conflicts with group consciousness. And we can see it so often in our fellow seekers. You can always see something more easily in others than you can see it in yourself. Yeah. Others provide us with the mirror for whatever is going on within ourselves, I'm told. But you can see them struggle for freedom, for independence, while the soul on its end is impressing the need to merge with the group, to be the singer, as you say, that doesn't stand out, that isn't the star. But everything about the the personality says, I want to be a star. I want to sing better than anybody. Yeah. What do we do with that, well, that urge? You, you, uh, <coughs> you bury it. <laughs> you blend it with the, with the group and something, something greater happens. And uh, that's that's uh, quite often the the experience of so many people. They will realize that something something of greater importance came through. I mean, the music came through, and not yourself, not your little part. The whole music, you know, all of Beethoven's Ninth came through, and not just your little uh, uh, melodic line. And uh, that that's the important thing that um, uh, one, as you say, you, you transcend that individuality and music allows you to do that. Not only mm-hmm. artists, but um, athletes also are aware of this uh, transcendence uh, when they play as a team. And no doubt politicians, diplomats, people engaged in group processes of legislation and diplomacy can find an enormous power when they submit, if that's the word, when they give themselves to the larger effort, then the individual is carried along and buoyed up. Something greater is drawn out of the individual when he or she merges with the group. That's the wonderful thing that you discover. Your better contribution comes forth. Right, and you you begin to reach that stage where you're beginning to synchronize with the uh, <clears throat> with the actual group consciousness of the soul because this this the soul on its own level of being uh, is totally devoid of all that personality uh, focus there's an interesting statement from the writings of Alice Bailey about this um, conflict of freedom and rebellion against authority and group consciousness She said of the seeker time and again along the road he will revolt from control and will fall back into the glamour of his supposed freedom. There is freedom from the control of the personality. There is freedom from the control of personalities. But there's never any freedom from the law of service, she said, and from the constant interplay between human beings and souls. To stand really free is to stand in the clear, unimpeded light of the soul which is basically an intrinsically group consciousness. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, our topic for today, The Soul. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company. It's the book, the Alice Belly book, uh, the title of which is Ponder on This. Uh, Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Belly, uh, 
Uh, I especially like this book. This was one of the first books that I started off with following the autobiography of uh, Alice Bailey. But but with this book, it, it really helped me a lot because uh, it more or less uh, abridged things for me. Uh, of course, the 24 volumes are quite extensive, and the topics uh, in those 24 volumes are explored in great depth. However, what this does is every topic is abridged and, um, and summarized, and you can get a clear understanding of um, uh, what each book is all about, and it helps you to set an order of priority as to which books you'd like to uh, look at and explore first. Now, the special offer from Lucis Publishing Company comes in the form of free shipping and handling. So what you're doing is you're paying $16, and uh, I'd like you to send a check or money order for $16 to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005, and make sure you ask for the book, ponder on this. little note should say that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. Once again, $16 check or money order to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Um, and if you need to get in touch with us for you know, any reason whatsoever, you can uh, do so by giving us a call on our toll-free number, one 695 8247 Give us a call if you want to order books, cassette tapes uh, of radio shows, a schedule of our meditation meetings, or a package of general information. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Our website is www.lucistrust.org. And if you key into our website, uh, there's so much information about Lucis Trust. And one of the most um, popular reasons for uh, keying into the website is to listen to the previously archived library of radio shows um, and thank you for donations that you've given in the past. We certainly appreciate those donations. It shows, demonstrates your support of us, and it also helps us keep us on keep us on the air. And um, that's what helps pay for these radio shows. They are tax tax deductible, by the way. So please continue to do so. Um, um, I was thinking, what happens to the soul? I mean, we die, and we have a soul, or maybe we live in the soul. Uh, but what happens to the soul at our death? Nobody really knows. It's one of those mysteries for reasons best understood by God. There is a barrier between life on earth and life after the death of the physical body. And uh, since the dawn of human intelligence, we've been trying to figure out what happens on, quote, the other side, unquote. But there's a wonderful statement by the mystic Jakob Burma he was asked where does the soul go at death he said there's no reason for it to go anywhere and when you think about it he's right because as we've been saying the soul is consciousness it's not a thing it's not a form at least not a physical form it isn't tangible or rooted in earthly dimensions of up and down east and west heavy or light there's no reason for it to go anywhere because it isn't a physical component it isn't a, an aspect of physical life which places things in stationary positions at particular spots consciousness is without barriers consciousness is without borders 
that's why on the level of the soul the awareness of group identity is so natural because there are no barriers to the soul and uh, the same applies to the death of the body the loss of the body in no way encumbers or limits the soul in fact from what we understand it releases it the real encumbrance is when the soul incarnates in a physical body for purposes of redeeming material substance on earth that's the real encumbrance yes I think the um, um, what was I going to say the um, thing to, to to realize about the soul that it, in, the, in the normal course of life and death the, it is really the choice of the soul when this death will occur um and it's it's the choice of the soul to when life will when the when the um, life begins. I mean, or at the, at the physical manifestation when it chooses to manifest physically in some <coughs> form of a human being. And at the close of this uh, human cycle, it's the soul's choice of when to when to what we call die. And um, that is in the normal course of a, a normal death. Now, of course, there are accidents and there are uh, things like that that happen very quickly that are not the soul's choice, but that's something else again. But uh, what happens to the soul? It uh, simply withdraws from the physical body and uh, returns to the source of its, uh, its beingness on the level of the soul. Return is a good word. It returns because that implies that it has left something behind in order to engage in life on earth and then at the moment of death it returns in mystical terms it returns to the loving arms of the father uh, that image might give comfort and uh, meaning to some people another image that has stayed with me was um, an exhibit of um, wooden carvings in British Columbia at a museum where Indian artists uh, had carved huge sculptures of totem poles and so on. One artist had carved um, a huge symbol of an eagle, which is a very sacred symbol to the British Columbia Indians. And it must have been, I don't know, six feet tall. And it had its uh, wings extended so that it formed almost a sphere. Uh, a round globe kind of uh, structure with its wings held out and there was a photograph of this artist who had died since carving the sculpture he had seated himself under one of the wings of the eagle and I still remember that image thinking it was absolute comfort and uh, a kind of a rejoining of where he belonged and I suppose to the soul at death, we return under the wing of that eagle, if that means anything to anyone. It, it speaks to me. Other people might have their other their own images. But we return to the whole, as I understand it and as I deeply believe. We return and we rejoin something much greater. We think loneliness uh, after death must be awful. The real loneliness is here on earth, encased in these hundred and some pound physical bodies and encased in these lower minds and emotional natures that keep us really in the dark. 
so much of the time regarding how our fellow human beings must think and feel. Yes, death is really a liberation. It's it's a greater freedom, and the soul uh, is no longer encumbered by the uh, limitations of this brain that it has to work through, the slowness of the brain. And uh, But it's also important to point out that you don't lose your individuality once you uh, go through this transition of death. Uh, you're still the same person <clears throat> that you always have been it's through eternity. That because has its own dark side. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, same old me. Wherever you go, there you are. Not, not, not the personality <laughs> self. No, I don't mean that. There, there is that same divine spark of, of um, lighted energy that is the soul on its own level of being. And it projects a part of itself into this physical world, and that's the part that becomes imprisoned in the physical body. But at, at the moment of death, the uh, life thread, as it's called, which is anchored in the uh, heart, and the consciousness thread, which is anchored in the, in the brain, or in the um, pineal gland, then those threads are severed and there is no longer any connection with the physical body and the, the soul begins to make its withdrawal into the uh, more back to the subtle levels. It might be of interest to people to know that uh, great philosophers such as Plato have touched on what we're talking about today. Plato held that uh, the soul is confined in the body as in a prison, that the bodily life is but an episode in the eternal career of the soul, which precedes birth and proceeds after death. Life in the flesh, he said, is a trial and a probation. Death is the release and the return to the soul's destiny or to the realm of pure reason. So this, I think, assures us that Life on Earth is not uh, a test and a trial and a purgatory, but a learning experience. And the soul retains the gist and the gems of what it has gained, and that becomes part of its treasure. That becomes part of its service, its great service. Uh, it mm -hmm. does this, we do this out of uh, a service to God, to the plan, to the working out of the plan. That's the soul's great destiny to do this, and this is the destiny of the human kingdom in the world. Before we close today, I would just like to come back to one point we were talking about when we were saying that the soul is group conscious, and that was to affirm the fact of the growth of groups today. This is one of the glories of the modern age, that uh, more and more we are seeing groups of people coming together for a shared goal that is a service to the larger world, not to help themselves only, but to serve others. And we see this in so many charities and philanthropies and uh, community groups, and often it's the disasters that bring people together. This past century has been a century of tremendous suffering and warfare, but perhaps the legacy of that is that we have a more acute sense of our shared humanity. And through suffering, we realize that we are here to ease the pain of the world. And even the recent disasters, the tsunami, the earthquakes, the uh, hurricanes, have brought forth a beautiful response of group identity and compassion. 
Please take advantage of our special offer from Luce's Publishing Company. That's the Alice Bailey book, uh, the title of which is Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It's available for $16. Uh, so send a check or a money order, $16, to Luce's Publishing. That's L-U-C-I-S, Luce's Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And also... If you'd like, uh, you can get in touch with us and order uh, uh, a package of general, general information or uh, a schedule of our meditation meetings. Give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. Uh, the easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z.